Thanks for joining me on the conversation tonight. And do I have a conversation for you? I'm always excited about these interviews because I get to talk to, be in conversation with, bring us all together with some of the most fascinating people on the planet. And tonight it is the one and only Crystal Ball. Yes, that is her real name on her emails. <laughs> she puts in parentheses at the bottom, that is my real name. But I'm gonna throw that middle name in there too, Crystal. Crystal Marie Ball. You she got it, you got it. Activist, a progressive icon, a media mogul. <laughs> I'm gonna throw that in there. She started, you know, breaking points. I mean, we're gonna talk about all of this. She was at the heel with her partner and all things good. He's on the opposite side, Sagar. And they broke away to start their own independent channel, the break and show breaking points. If you are not a member, you need to be a member. You need to sign up. We're gonna talk about why independent media is so important. But before we get there, Crystal Ball, it is so wonderful for us to be together, even if it's virtually. I love you so much. It is always an honor and a pleasure and a delight um, to be with you, Nina. And I love you right back at you. Thank you so much. So you have just been blowing things up in, in, in some of the most amazing ways. You always have, you are a straight talker, straight Straight, and you you tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You give people a lot to think about. So let's start with why breaking points. What is going on? Tell us about the show. Why did you decide to leave the hill? And why is independent media? And you don't have to focus so much on why you wanted to leave the hill. I guess the most important question is why is independent media sources so vitally important? Yeah, I mean the decision to leave the hill, there were some there was a little bit of drama, you know, inter-hill drama there. But the bottom line is we wanted to live our values. You know, we talk about independent media, we talk about how important it is to not have that corporate structure hanging over your head, to not have even the thought of those sorts of incentives of, oh, is this advertiser or this sponsor gonna be mad? Or is, you know, this manager at the company, are they gonna are the other journalists gonna lose their access to the hill? Like you know, we're human beings and we're subject to those pressures and incentives. And we didn't want to have any of that even in the back of our minds. So that's why we, you know, stepped down on our own, started breaking points. It was very scary when we did because, you know, you go from, you know, what you're going to get and a lot of things, sort of the, the corporate overhead stuff is taken care of. You don't have to think about it too much. Stepping out on your own is really nerve wracking, but we've been extraordinarily grateful for the support that we've received from our audience. Um, really proud of, you know, one of the things we pride ourselves on is we have a truly sort of ideologically diverse group of people who listen to us. So on any given day, part of the audience absolutely hates my guts or absolutely hates Sagar's guts or at least hates what we're saying. But they keep showing up because they feel like at least we're trying in our own way to sort through the reality of what's happening and get to the truth and what's actually driving these decisions that are being made in DC and across the country that you know affect people's lives directly. As the question of why independent media is so important, I mean, look, obviously what happened to Bernie and also what happened to you in your political campaigns, I think makes the case very adequately <laughs> that we yeah. need independent media. Because with Joe Biden, the minute that the media said, hey, this is our guy and we gotta back this one to beat Trump, that was it, it was done, it was over. There was no policy that Bernie could have put forward, no incredible surrogates such as yourself, no ad he could have cut, none of that. 
I mean, Biden won in states he never even set foot on the ground where you all had been organizing and campaigning. That's still the power that establishment media has. And so part of the job of independent media is to provide a divergent voice, to provide a voice that isn't subject to those corporate pressures and incentives that isn't just about, hey, how can I make, you know, get more ratings and sell out to whatever advertisers want to put ads on our channel. So that I think is a good example, maybe the best example. But recently there's another, I think, really clear example. I don't know if you saw this, Nina, but there was a poll recently where they were asking people, "Hey, what do you what have you heard about the Democratic reconciliation bill?" You know that Bernie's obviously been very involved in in crafting and pushing for. And the number one thing that people had heard about it was that it was three and a half trillion dollars. Well, that's literally the least important part of the thing, right? Sure. Yeah. What matters in the bill is, hey, are you going to get community college? Are you going to be able to go to community college? Are you going to have childcare? You're gonna be able to send your kid to pre-K. Are you gonna have that child tax credit? Are you gonna be able to afford when mom and dad or grandma and grandpa are getting up there in years? Are you gonna be able to afford to care for them? These really critical pieces and so much more. Hey, are we gonna, you know, allow the planet to just <laughs> veer into catastrophe? Are we gonna do something about it? Like those are really important pieces. But because the media wanted to fixate just on this haggling over, oh, is it three and a half or is it two and a half or is it Manchin says it's one and a half. And that's what the corporate agenda also was. Let's fixate on the price tag and not talk to people about what benefits this was actually delivered because those benefits are extraordinarily important and popular. That shows you why having other voices in the conversation that aren't subject to that corporate for profit media mindset. That's why it's so important is just so people are actually truly informed about what these things mean and how they will make a difference in their lives. Yeah, and, and breaking points, TYT, there are others out there that are really doing all of the necessary work to give people other options. Options that they would not have, but for the opportunity for independent media to break out. I mean, really because of the technological advancements, the whole notion of social media is used differently than it was 20 years ago, 50 years ago, did not exist in this way. And it is a beautiful thing to have voices like yours and so many others out there, Crystal. Can Thank we? you, and congratulations, by the way. I meant to start with that on your show. You're killing it over here. Oh, thank you so very much. Loving TYT, they were so supportive of, of me. You talk about independent media, independently can say we support Nina Turner. That could <laughs> never happen on mainstream media, as you yeah. have said oftentimes, A, in full disclosure, this is this is my sister. So it is a beautiful thing. And your point about, you know, Minister Malcolm X once said, and I'm paraphrasing him, but the media can make you love whom they will and hate whom they will. And that is true. Now, again, I'm paraphrasing him, but that is pretty much basically the the, the foundation of what he was saying. And just listening to you lay out the frame reinforces that what he was saying is absolutely true. The power of media and whether it is political, whether it is to uplift one person, destroy another, getting people the information that they need as you laid out, it is incredibly poignant. And people do depend on the media to give them the information that they need to make a sound decision. And we are in a soundbite 
we're, we're, we're soundbite society right now. And oftentimes people don't go and do their own research, even though we do have access to a type of technology that is at our fingertips. Google literally is a verb, but people don't do it. They depend on media by and large to get their to get there as a source for what is going on and if it is limited. And you and I both have navigated mainstream media, you know, full disclosure on that too. You and I both have had the opportunity to navigate mainstream media and we both have brought a progressive voice to that media as much as we could, but it is different. It absolutely is. I mean, that's how you and I first met actually was yes. over at MSNBC. And during the Democratic primary back in 2020, you know, CNN would would have me on to talk about the contest, and I took those opportunities because I thought, hey, here's I have an ability to offer a perspective to this audience that they're really not getting anywhere else. So I think it's important to engage with these sources because, like it or not, especially on the Democratic side. They still have a lot of sway. Now, I would like to change that. And by the way, I think it is changing. There was just a new poll that came out that showed that trust in media is at an all-time low. They've done that to themselves with you know the type of lies and misinformation that they will casually put out there and propaganda and propping up a corporate agenda that they put out on a daily basis. But you know, I think engaging in those spaces is still incredibly important because. Democrats have been told like, oh, the media is your friend and they're liberal and they share your values. That is not remotely <laughs> the case. They may occasionally, they may put on that sort of progressive sheen. There may even be some areas where they align. But ultimately, when it comes down to money and power, they will serve those who already have money and power. And that's really what it comes down to ultimately. So I've been excited. You know, my own personal little experiment with independent media has been very heartening. A lot of times people ask me, it's kind of a dark time in America. I think a lot of people feel pretty despondent, both about the political system, about the economic system, about, you know, lack of progress on issues that people were fighting and marching for very, very recently and continue to, issues of social justice, racial justice. And so people ask what gives me hope or what makes me still optimistic. And it is the fact that you see so many people seeking a different way, not wanting to be fed that this line that I think the media profits off of, that the thing we should be most terrified of is like our neighbor down the street versus these institutions and structures of power and elites who hold the money in power and are actually the ones who are driving the train here. So I've been incredibly encouraged by the response to just something different than that and an honest attempt. Look, I screw up all the time, you know, and I certainly- What? No, never, never. I'm gonna make mistakes. But I think there's a sense, you know, that we're at least trying to come at this from an honest perspective and really explain to you, you know, when Kirsten Cinema is doing her thing and mainstream media is saying, oh, well, she's just representing the constituents of Arizona. No, 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 no. She's, She's representing, representing the donor class. That's right. Her and actions herself. are wildly unpopular in Arizona. Standing against, you know, reforming prescription drug prices, lowering prescription drug prices. This is not serving her constituents in Arizona. No, if you aren't telling that story about money and how this is driving the decision making, then you aren't talking about 
reality in Washington DC and in this nation. And and you know the point that you're making that it is important that those voices are everywhere. Those voices being the independent voices are everywhere, both on the independent media side, but also on the mainstream media side. And you and I and people like Jenkins and so many others have had the opportunity to be on that side. And hopefully we will continue to be invited back. They haven't invited me back for a minute now, so I don't know. Oh my God, well, I still get invited back. So so I'm gonna represent all of us when I'm back over there on that side. But it is important that those sides, that those voices. And you and I have had many conversations about the framing of media does not serve working class people. I mean, you have preached that gospel for a long time. In other words, the formula that is used in bringing the news and what is elevated and lifted as important and yes. then propagated out to millions does not have a, a, a working class frame. Can we talk about that? Will you go a little deeper into why you talk about that so much? Yeah, well, I mean, just from a human perspective, it kind of makes sense that there would be a gigantic blind spot where working class concerns are in terms of the media. And that's even if you take the ad dollars and the executives, take all of that out of it. You're talking about a relatively homogenous group of people who mostly came up in pretty affluent circumstances, who mostly went to fancy schools, who mostly associate with other people of similar backgrounds. And so they have an inherent massive blind spot when it comes to anything involving the multiracial working class. And then you layer onto that, that you know the easiest and the cheapest stories a lot of times are just like, you know, if you're Fox News, it's like Democrats are evil and Joe Biden and AOC are ruining your life. Nina Turner is ruining your life, right? And if it's partisan media on the other side, the easiest story is Trump is bad. And look, Trump is bad, but there are other stories that are going on too. So perfect example is unfolding right now. There is a massive wave of strikes that have been authorized or are ongoing right now. Um, workers are you know, taking power into their own hands in a way that we haven't seen in years. There's a huge potential strike of John Deere workers, uh, 10,000 strong UAW members who are taking a strike vote on Wednesday. It looks very possible that they're gonna be walking out. These are industrial heartland you know, type of workers that sometimes the media pretends to care a lot about. And um, this is a really big deal, but it doesn't have an easy partisan lens and uh, it doesn't fit into the sort of, it's right in the blind spot of what these reporters experience is. There's so little understanding of the labor movement at this point. There's so little literacy even about unions and what this means. It just all goes by and gets very, very, very little attention, if any at all. There's been a strike going on, of, I'm sure you are aware of this, of Alabama coal miners. I've lost yeah. count of how many months. And for months and months and months, this was happening and it didn't get a single mention on cable news. So this is just one obvious example, but they have massive blind spots. And if something doesn't fit into like, you know, an easy 
soundbiteable partisan story angle and it involves working class people, very, very unlikely that it's ultimately gonna get told. And then you layer on top of that, obviously, when you talk about workers challenging their bosses and their giant corporate overlords, that's an uncomfortable story for corporate media to tell. So they just ignore it completely. Yeah, and in a way, I mean, I don't wanna say they have to, but in a way, they do because they benefit from that same system that does not benefit working class people in this country. So it's kind of like asking them to go against the hand that feeds them, literally. Yeah, they'd have to betray their own class yeah. interests and they don't yeah. seem like they really like to do that. Yeah, not <laughs> much, not much. There are a few good good guys and good yeah, girls and good right. people over and on that side too. And it's not, it's a system. Structures are so much more important than the yeah. individual people because- Right, because if it wasn't for a system that was crappy and just routinely churned out, you know, hacks, it's the system. Right? So. It doesn't matter. You can feed a good person into there and they'll either get fired or they'll conform. Um, and most of the time, you know, people are hired who aren't going to ultimately rock the boat. And so the system perpetuates itself. That's what it's there to do. Yeah, they see themselves as more. Um, more uh, aligned with those powerful politicians that they're supposed to be holding to account, people like Andrew Cuomo would be a great example, than they do aligned with the people whose interests they are supposed to be protecting and representing and challenging power for. No, it's true. Again, another reason why independent media is so vitally important. So just you know, on the point about the workers that are striking, Chris, and there are a number of workers who through COVID, you know, there's always promise in the problem. The problem certainly is this pandemic that we are enduring both in this country and in the world. If there's any promise to it, any silver linings here or there. I mean, workers, even if it might not be in the most structured way, but are deciding I'm not gonna just work for any amount of money anymore. I'm not just gonna put my life on the line for any amount, which melds very nicely with the $15 an hour a minimum wage increased fight to have so many workers say, you know what, I do deserve more money. And we know that $15 an hour minimum wage increase is the starting point, it's certainly not the end. But I have definitely been heartened to see so many workers across this country just decide, we're just not gonna do it anymore. We're just not gonna put up with this treatment without a fight. And there's so much that we need. I mean, the bills that are being debated right now, whether it's the hard infrastructure or the soft infrastructure that you mentioned a little bit, childcare, cutting prescription drugs, making sure that people can get two-year college education for virtually free. Vitally, all those things are so, so important. And when you combine that, well, what is the notion of dignity in the mm. United States of America? A small word. But it elicits an emotion when you hear it, dignity, dignity in my life. And should dignity only be reserved for the people who have the most wealth? Or should dignity be reserved for all human beings in this country? And I would even say the planet. Well, and a lot of times I talk and we talk in terms of in strictly economic and dollar terms. But I think when you dig into the details of these fights that we're seeing unfolding across the country, when you dig into the details of why we just found out last month more workers quit. It was like a historic Four number million. of workers who quit their jobs because, yes. which is a good thing, by the way. They felt like 
hey, I could do something that I like more. I could make more money. I have other opportunities. I don't have to put up with this crap That's of right. being called essential and then just being like put out there to risk my life or have people treat me like crap. Really underlying all of those fights is a fight for basic dignity. That is what this is all about. And you hear people, you know, these workers who are striking or considering striking, they talk about fighting for their brothers and sisters, these two tier systems that will keep their younger brothers and sisters from having stability. You see them talking about these long endless work shifts and um, overtime hours that are mandated and expected of them that keeps them from having the dignity of being able to have a family life with their loved ones and do just the things that people, normal people wanna be able to do. So I think that is really at the core of so much of what we're seeing right now. And you know, I was looking into some of the details of, of the bill, which it's not everything you and I would want, but it's better than nothing and it's a big start. And I think Senator Sanders made it significantly better than it would have been without his influence. But even if we get the full three and a half trillion dollars um, and all that that would entail, we would still in terms of social spending be at the bottom end of the spectrum in terms of wealthy nations. So this is not even the bare minimum of what we should be doing, but it's a start, it's worth fighting for. And um, you know, to bring it all back full circle, the fact that the media has been so complicit in failing to explain what is actually in this bill and why it would matter to people. And the fact that the democratic leadership has also utterly failed in explaining that and prioritizing it and making it clear and laying out a vision. I think it's a failure of um, elites all around. I think it's a failure of the political class. And I certainly think it's a failure of corporate media. And we need to take it to the streets, especially those who are elected for a living. Take it to the streets and explain it to the people so that they themselves will rally to say, this is what we want, Senator Manchin, Senator Cinema, and all the other senators that are hiding behind mansion and cinema, because make no mistake, those are not the only two who are obstructing the type of progress that is needed, even though you're absolutely right, Crystal Ball, it is a lot less than what any of us would have wanted. The amazing and one and only, the real and Crystal Ball, yes, Crystal Ball. <laughs> Crystal, how do people find you on social media and how do they find the wonderful, wonderful show, Breaking Points? Um, okay, so on Twitter, I am at Crystal Ball. It's Crystal with a K. It's a long story, but we'll just go with it. Um, for breaking points, you can just search on YouTube for breaking points. You'll find us there, and and it'll have all the information about if you want to become a premium subscriber, which there are benefits to. And we've really leaned our business model into the subscription model because, as you guys probably know, YouTube is terrible and demonetizes lots of things and you just really can't depend on YouTube alone these days. So um, we've leaned into that model. And I also wanna plug my podcast with Kyle Kalinske. It's called Crystal Kyle and Friends. We've had the wonderful Nina Turner on. It's yeah. one of our best guests. That was a great episode when you were running for Congress, um, which I hope you will be doing again very shortly. And um, <laughs> running for Congress and being a guest. And that you can find on Substack. So breaking points on YouTube, Crystal Kyle and Friends on Substack. 
Substack and me on Twitter at Crystal Ball. There you go. Oh my God, love you all. Crystal Ball, thank you for all that you do, all of the sacrifices. The next time we talk, I wanna talk about why you in fact did run for Congress yourself. You ran too, it has something to do with baby food. <laughs> that would that would be. We need more than thirty minutes for that. Yeah, one. we Take do. A couple hours and dig into we those do. experiences. Because it's, it, it's important because it's, it 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 connects and it intersects to the suffering of people and what we put up with in this country. And in some ways, I think we've been programmed to believe that we don't deserve better, that we don't deserve more, and we do. We really, really do. So sending you mad, mad love, Crystal Ball. Oh love my you, God, beautiful. you are so great amazing. To see you. you as well. Thank you so much. And thank all of you for joining us on this edition of The Conversation.